0: you what, that ministered to me. I, I'll be honest with you. That, that choir's on fire today. Yeah. But but let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, uh, they 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 wouldn't be as good as they are without a good sound man. <laughs> and he had them sounding right today. Yeah. And uh, usually he don't get any recognition until it goes wrong. Yeah. But we're going to change that this morning. How many of y'all are glad we got Mike helping us on the yeah. soundboard today? Yeah, man, that's good. That's good. That that helped me. I had church already. Amen. Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible while the choir is finding their place and turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Uh, that's in the in the beginning of your Bible, the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. That is it is the name. Deuteronomy means the second law or the second reading of the law. It was basically God, Moses reminding the nation of Israel again what God had given them in the beginning, uh, and and before they went into the promised land. And we're going to read that today. So while everybody's finding their place, today is a very special day—a day that we're going to recognize our seniors, uh, those graduating uh, uh, high school, and 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 I think I don't know if they got college people in there or not, but we, we're going to recognize those for their accomplishments and what they're doing. And we're going to inform them, uh, now they're going in the real world. Say amen. Uh, uh, here in the real world, it's not like that at all, hey amen. Things change and things are a lot different. And uh, so what we're going to do, I, I, I want to primarily target them. I want to target them and, and I thought about what what, what what, do I need to tell them? What, what should I tell them? What would be good for them to know? Uh, uh, because they're fixing to go into a world, uh, some... Outside of the influence of their parents, and and for the first time in their life, they're going to have to they're going to have to start making some decisions on their own. I hope it isn't the first time. I hope the parents have trained them in a way to allow them to make choices and decisions on their own, to to allow them chances to mess up, right? And 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 but not mess up so bad it's going to cripple them. But give them opportunities to learn. How to make good decisions, and and so that's the thing that kept coming back to my mind. What what would be the what would be the greatest thing they could know, leaving out from under the shelter and the the supervision of their parents? I think it's this: how to make good choices. Yeah. Amen. How to make good choices. How many of y'all know? How many of y'all know that 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 experience experience or excuse me, good choices come from experience right Right. good choices come from experience but experience comes from bad choices (laughs) how many y'all know what I'm saying when you make a bad choice that hurts and that gives you experience so the next choice you make you've got an educated choice now here's the thing that I want to do I want the little people and the younger people to learn from our experience. There's no reason in this world that they should have to pay the tuition too. Right. Are y'all with me? Amen. So let's look in, in Deuteronomy chapter number 30. And uh, and I, I think I can read that. I can't find my glasses. I, I'm telling you, I'm in a mess. I'm making good choices. I hit my eye. I was weed eating and a, and a, and a rock hit my eye. And, and so if I wink at you, I'm not getting fresh. I got something in my eye. <laughs> I made a bad choice yesterday, amen? Let that be a lesson. Wear your goggles, amen? (laughs) Protect your eyes. Uh, All right, here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse number 19. Are you there? Say amen. Amen. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, to record against you this day. Now here, this is is a, a, a reminding, if you will. A reminding of the of what God had promised them and what God had gave them the law and the and, 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 and the instructions He gave them how to live. He says that I have set before you, I have set before you life and what blessing and what cursing. Therefore, therefore, He says you've got two roads in front of you. You got. Two paths in front of you. You've got two options in front of you. Therefore, what's that next word? Choose. Choose. Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey, obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy what? Life. He's thy life. God is our life. We live and breathe in the power of God and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. The key is this. You've got two paths. You've got two options. Choose wisely. Choose wisely. I'm going to flip over. You don't have to turn here, but I'm going to flip over. I got it real quick so we can read it. Uh, uh, if you want to, you can look at it later. But in Joshua 24, uh, we find... Now now Moses could not go into the promised land. How many of y'all remember that? Yeah. He could not go into the promised land. So God told them to remind the nation of Israel to make good choices. Now he's telling Joshua to remind them again. Before they cross over into the promised land, or excuse me, this is after, I'm sorry, this is after they've conquered, this is after they have taken the land, now they're going in as, and possessing what God had given them, and he says, don't forget, don't forget, I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and of the olive yards which ye planted not do ye eat. Now therefore, here it is, now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Say that with me. Choose you this day, whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your blessings and your mercy. I thank you for, Lord, an exciting service. My soul, I've been so blessed today. I've been so blessed. Thank you for an encouraging music program that glorifies and magnifies you. Now, Lord, help us to learn today. Help us to study today. Help us to to glean from your word that we can not just hear it, but be a doer of the word too. And God will thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. I, this is today is really just some, some advice, some advice. Uh, I want to give these guys some good, sound advice, but there's the thing. How many of y'all know that no matter what age you are, you're still making choices, I've heard this, that life is the sum of the choices you make. When you see somebody at the end of their life, whether they was a failure or whether they was a success, you can trace it back to the choices they made in life. Now, here's the thing. I've heard people say, well, preacher, stuff stuff happened to me that I had no control over. Well, that might be true. That might be true. Sometimes things happen to us from other people or, or, or situations take place in our life uh, that we didn't have any control over or we didn't have any choice in the matter. But here's the thing. We do have a choice to how we respond to those things. Right. Amen. What do you mean? Two people can be abused and one can choose to forgive and move forward and allow God to heal their soul and heal their life and get grace out of that and be better in their life, or you can choose not to forgive and be bitter and just ruin the rest of your life. You see, there's always a choice. No matter what, it's always a choice. We have choices in life. I read this story. It's really sad. Today, Blake Layman, Jose Carrero's, Anthony Sharp and Levi Sparks, four teenagers from Elkhart, Indiana, are sitting in the Wabash Valley Correctional Facility. The result of an impulsive decision to rob some empty houses and get some quick money that went horribly wrong. Not sitting in the jail with them is Denzel Johnson, who died after a homeowner shot him. Obviously, it wasn't supposed to go down this way. As Lehman later told ABC News, It was never the plan to hurt anyone or even confront anyone. Nobody was supposed to be there. But the cold hard truth is that impulsive decisions can lead to serious consequences. Some of them life lasting. Some of them even life ending. The Elkhart teenagers may not have meant any real harm. But they are still looking at decades in prison. When someone is in a courtroom being tried for the result of a bad spur-of-the-moment decision, the good things that they may have done in life don't count for very much. Instead, they are going to be judged and sentenced primarily for that one event in effect, for that one bad choice they made. How sad. How sad. George Jones sung a song, and to hear him sing it is kind of eerie. I listened to it. I, I listened on YouTube, and, and, and he said the this, this song is called Choices. He says, I've had choices since the day that I was born. There were voices that told me right from wrong. If I had listened, no, I wouldn't be here today living and dying with the choices that I made. Man, there's so much truth in that. God is telling us. God is telling us, listen, you have two roads. You have two choices. You have a choice to go down the road that leads to life. Or you have a choice to go down the road that leads to death. Choose wisely, my friend. Choose wisely. How do we do that? There's not a person in here. There's not a person in here, if we'd be honest. If we'd be honest, there's not a person in here that hasn't made some bad choices. Right. Amen. I have seen some hairdos and I'm thinking... Are y'all with me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to say outfits, but anyway, it'll, it'll work. That'll work too. You know, some choices we make are not life changing, right? There's some choices. You can, you can choose to have biscuits and gravy or you can choose to have the breakfast special. All right. You can can choose to uh, 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 drive a car or you can choose to drive a van. That's not necessarily what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about real life decisions. Your life is going to be the sum of the choices you make and the decisions you make in your life. Choices like this Who will I marry? Who will I marry? I promise you this. You may not realize this, young people, but they will make you or break you. They will make you or break. I heard a story. I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, uh, Mrs. Bush, uh, 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 the first President Bush's wife, uh, matter of fact, she just passed away. God bless her. But but it was said that they were, they were riding down the road and, 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 and they looked out the window and, and there was a, a guy pumping gas at a gas station and it was someone that she used to date. And she said, look, I dated him. And, uh, and, and President Bush said, look at there, if you'd have married him, you'd have, you'd have married a gas station owner. He, she said, no, you don't understand. If he would have married me, he would have been the president and you would have owned the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> and all the ladies said, woo! <laughs> Choose wisely, my friend. <laughs> Who will I marry? Hey, what, what, what career will I have? What career will I have? What, 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 how about this? What church do I go to? Listen, if you're picking your church by the size of their playground equipment. And there's many that do. We can laugh all you want to, but there's many that do. I wonder who's got the best stuff. No, no, no. It doesn't matter how much playground equipment they got for little Johnny. Are they teaching the truth to little Johnny? Man, you need to get with God to know what church. To all churches ain't the same. They may have all pulpits and they may have all steeples, but they are not the same. That's right. Amen. Where, will I, where will I work? Who will I marry? You know, what, what, what financial decisions? How many, how many of y'all could st- stand up and testify to these young people today that there'd be many choices you would change in your financial situation? Yeah. Things you wouldn't have bought. Yeah. Hello? America's the only place that spends money they don't have to impress people they don't like, to buy things they don't even want. Right? Listen, so many many important decisions, so many choices. And the choices will lead you to your destiny. James Foss said this. In this life, we have to make many choices. Some are very important choices. Some are not. Many of our choices are between good and evil. The choices we make, however, now listen to this. The choices we make, however, determine to a large extent our happiness or our unhappiness because we have to live with the consequences of our choices. Right. It's been said we can, we can choose or we can determine our choices, but we cannot determine the outcome or the consequences of the choices we make. Right. So what do we do? The spouse we choose, the friends we choose, that's so important. Oh, my goodness, that's so important. It's a cliche, but it's true. Birds of a feather will flock together. But sadly, they'll fall together, too. Be careful who you're hanging with. Listen, what do we do? There's 2 I really just got two points. Two points and several subs underneath them. But what do you need to know and what do you need to do? Say that with me. In order to make good decisions, in order to make good decisions, what do you need to know and what do you need to do? Say that with me. Number one, what do you? What do you need to know? Number two, what do you need to do because of what you know? All right. So number one, number one, what, what, what do you need to know? What do you need to know? A, if you're writing these things down, uh, uh, God has a plan for your life. You need to know God, and I'm not, this is not a cliche, this is a truth. Everybody says, well, I know God's got a plan for my life. It's funny to me that people will say that, and then they won't try to find out what it is. Yeah. They, won't, they won't even search, they won't even pray about it, they won't, even try to, they won't even try to get better at whatever it is that his plan is. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts, and the word thoughts there means plans. I know the thoughts or plans that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. That, That phrase, to give you an expected end, means to have a future. God has a future plan for your life. Now, it says this, Colossians 1, 9. Paul is speaking to the church at Colossae, and he's telling them, since I heard that you got saved, this is what I'm praying for. He says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, heard what? That they believed, they placed their faith in Christ. Since the day that we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. and to, Now watch what they're praying for. And to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that the Apostle Paul, the greatest preacher probably that there ever was besides Jesus and the greatest missionary there ever was, one that was really real tight with God, amen, he got to see some incredible things. God had favor on his life. and God allowed him to write scriptures. And this is what he said. The first thing I'm praying for you, the most important thing I'm praying for you since I heard that you got saved is that you would know God's will for your life. You would know God's purpose for your life. I've been, I I, I heard this phrase. Listen, the two greatest days of your life is the day you were born and the day you learned why. The day you learned why. Why? It determines everything. You say, what does this have to do with choices? Do you realize knowing your purpose, knowing your destiny, knowing your destination will greatly help you make the choices in your life? Let me explain it this way. Let me explain it this way. All right, watch this. Watch how this works. Watch how this works. Uh, uh, How many of y'all think Jesus was pretty smart? Come on, come on. Okay, watch this, watch this. Let's put this right here. Let's put Calvary right here. Let's put Calvary right here. Let's put Calvary right here, okay? In the beginning, in the beginning at 12 years old, at 12 years old, Jesus is a, is a young man at, at 12 years old. He, he, you know, he's in the temple confounding the wise, answering questions and asking questions. And his, his parents, they lose him and, and they come and find him and they, and they confront him. And, and listen, this is what he says. Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? And that phrase literally means I got to get an early start. I got to get an early start on my father's business. I got to get an early start on my purpose for being here. Now, we know when he he is interrogated and he's arrested, he said, for this cause came I into this world. For this cause was I born. I came for the cross is what he's saying, right? His destiny is the cross. John announced his destiny when he came walking up the riverbank. He said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He came to die for our sins. He came to be the propitiation for every sin of mankind. He came for the cross. The cross was his destiny. The cross was his purpose. Now trace his life. Trace his life. Trace the decisions he made in his life. Do you realize there was always people trying to get him to make a wrong decision? The devil in the wilderness when he was fasting 40 days, he tried to detour him to go to, y'all with me? He said, "Ah, we know that. We, We all know what he did. Quoted the word, it is written... Do you realize that, that when, he, when he fed the 5,000, they wanted to take him and make him king? Yeah. Now that sounds like a pretty good prospect, doesn't it? King Carter. <clears throat> <laughs> but you know what? He said, "That's not my destiny." Right. Right. Well, so he hit he made a choice to hide from them yeah. to keep him. From making the wrong decision. But what helped him make the right decision? Knowing his purpose. Yeah. You remember? Let's get closer to the cross. Jesus tells all the disciples. Uh, uh, I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. And you know what Peter said? Peter said. Uh-uh. No, no. No, far be. No, no. We're not going to let that happen. And you know what he told him? Get the what did he do? He knew his purpose with the cross. Peter was trying to keep him from getting to his purpose, and he made a choice. Right. But knowing his purpose helped him make the choice. Right. Does this make sense? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's put it in. Let's, just, just, let's go secular. Let's don't think spiritual. Let's go secular. Let's say this is, uh, this is New York. <clears throat> this is New York, right? Now, say we wanted to. I don't know why, but somebody might want to go to New York, <clears throat> promise you i ain't left nothing in new york say amen but that's new york all right i know that's my destiny destiny destination we don't have to get spooky about this destination that's where i want to be that's where god wants me to be that's my purpose blah 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 y'all with me say amen destination okay knowing my destination i'm going to get on i-65 and head south Why are y'all snickering? <laughs> Apparently y'all been to New York. And you don't get there by way of Panama City. Right? So what? Knowing my, my destination, I know I have to choose one of them roads going north. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You see how this works? How can we make right choices in life? And who we're going to marry or where we're going to live or what career we're going to have if we don't know God's plan. Right. Amen. Because I promise you this, you can marry the wrong person to accomplish God's plan. Right. Yeah. Not saying that it's not possible. It's just going to be a lot more difficult. Amen. Right. Are y'all with me? You got to know that God has a plan for your life. Then, secondly, you got to know that plan. You got to know that plan. You got to know how to know. I guess it would be a better way to put it. You got to know how to know that plan. You would be amazed at the amount of people, the amount of Christians, that have no idea how to know God's will for their life. Let me give you. Let me give you a brief synopsis because I don't have time because I'm running out of time. Let me just give you. This is this is breakdown. This is easy. This is, this is knowing God's will 101. This is knowing God's will for dummies. Say amen. That's the one I read. Hey amen. That's the one I need. I need it simple, man. I, I don't make it complicated. I'm not spiritual enough. Just, just make it simple. How do I know God's will? Are you saved? Ask yourself these questions. Just a couple questions. Are you saved? See God's will for your life first. You remember what Paul said? Since we heard it. What would Paul have been praying for them if he hadn't heard that? He'd have been praying they got saved. What did he say in Romans 10? My heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. So first you got to get saved. you got to know you're saved. That's God's will for your life. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. So the first thing in your life you need to understand, am I saved? Because that's God's will for your life. Matter of fact, that's the number one question you could ever answer in your life. Am I saved? If I'm saved, I know I'm saved, no doubt about it. I know Christ is my Savior. I've placed my faith in him. I have repented of my sins. I've turned to Christ in full faith in the blood of Calvary. All right? Am I saved? Number two, number two, is there any sin? Is there any known sin in my life that would hinder God from talking to me? The Bible says if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. You know, gentlemen, be careful how you treat your wives. Because according to scripture, it'll affect your prayer life. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, read it. I got it. Get with me after. We got man church tonight. I'll tell you then. Be careful how you treat your spouses. Is there any sin? Is there any known sin? Is there any reason that God would be offended with you? And by the way, it's not difficult. It's not difficult. If there is sin there, he's already been telling you. So get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Come to the altar. It's, it, that's so easy to fix. Confess. If we, can, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Yeah. So, am I saved? is there any known sin that would hinder the Holy Spirit from speaking to me? All right. If that's out of the way, nope, nope. Lord, I'm clear. There's no sin in between me and you. I've confessed everything I know and that you've revealed to me. All right. Number three. And here's a biggie. Am I fully surrendered? Am I fully surrendered? What what does Romans 12 say? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Preacher, what do you mean? I'm saying this. God's not going to tell you his will if he knows you're not going to do it. Right. Amen. That's the hang up with most of us in here. Am I solely, completely surrendered to God's will? Lord, whatever, whenever, wherever, if it's Dominican, if it's, if it's New York, <clears throat> if it's, if it's Hollypon, if it's to help plant a church, Is it Zimbabwe? Is it Germany? Is it China? God, I'm sold out. I'm surrendered to your will. I promise you this. If you get to that place, no problem. Here's the next one. And this is easy. This is easy. If you know you're saved, number two, if there's no, there's no hidden sin, there's no sin that would hinder God from speaking to you. Number three, am I fully, totally surrendered? Have I placed my life on the altar of God and said, God, I want to be a living sacrifice to you. I want you to tell me what to do. I want to live for you. Where do you want me to go? Then the last question is, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Because, see, God will put in you the desire that he wants you to have. Right. Amen. What do you want to do? You get those first three right and the fourth one will come. Know God's will for your life. You cannot make good decisions without knowing God's will for your life. Here's a a third one under that. Real quick, real quick. What I say, what what are some things you need to know? You need to know that God has a plan for your life. Don't ever question that. God has an awesome plan for your life. Number two, you got to know how to know it. You got to know how to know that plan. Then see, then see, here's the thing. And this is really, really important. This is really, especially for the younger people, especially for the younger people. It's really, really important for you to know this. I don't think I even knew this when, when I surrendered, even though I surrendered fully, I didn't under, I I, I didn't really grasp the greatness of this point. You got to believe, you got to believe that his plan is better than your plan you got to know and you got to believe that he is smarter than you. Yeah, I can tell you so many times in my life where I thought I knew better than the Lord. I'm telling you, I, I can I tell you different times that God said, I want you to be this. And, 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 and I said, but Lord, I, I, I want to do this. And, 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 and then, man, every time, he always shows himself smarter. I remember in the very beginning of temple, I wanted to grow so bad. I'm telling you, and it might have been a little prideful, a little carnal, and I'm not, I'm not going to deny that, that God got a lot of that out of me because I, I, I'm just not about all that anymore. I'm telling you, all I know is more people, more problems. Amen. <laughs> but there was a time, man, I just wanted to grow, and I wanted to be big, and I wanted to just reach everybody and... And in my head, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, if our city was bigger, you know, more fish to fish for. In those bigger cities, you could could build a church faster because there's just so many more people. And I'm thinking, boy, if I was in Seattle or if I was in Atlanta or or, or Raleigh or, or, you know, Charleston or one of the big places, and, and, uh, and man, I'm telling you what. And it wasn't just a couple weeks. God had a pastor from Atlanta, Georgia call me to do a revival for it. And so man, I'm all excited and I, I go over there and and I'm at the motel and and and, and I got you know my GPS and and, and I get the address of the church and it's just right down the road. I mean just right down the interstate, a like six-lane interstate. And he says, "Now you need to leave at such and such a time to get here." And I'm thinking, "No." You see, you don't understand. I don't like getting there early. <clears throat> because if you get there early, you might have to talk to people. <clears throat> and these are strange people. You don't know these people. You don't know what, they, you know, and I'm, so, I'm scared and nervous about getting there early. And I'm thinking, dear God, if I leave at that time, I'll have to talk to everybody. <clears throat> and then I figured out why. How many of y'all been to Atlanta? How many of y'all, that's why you're here? <clears throat> It was, it was horrible. I mean, that first night, I said, God, if you'll let me get back to Coleman, I'll pull in the parking lot of Dimble Baptist Church, and I'll kiss the pavement. I love Kelly. let me get back to Coleman, please. God knew I wouldn't fit in Atlanta. God knew Coleman fits me like a glove. There is a creek behind my house. I can turn Goober right off the back porch and go coon hunting immediately. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about tree him in the backyard. Yeah. And Tammy will hear him off the porch, say amen. Not really, she won't even come out. <clears throat> God knows. Yeah. Right. What am I thinking? Somebody asked me the other day, I'm serious. Somebody asked me the other day, Preacher, we heard a rumor. I said, oh, God. You don't never know. Preacher, we heard you're leaving. I said, where am I going? <laughs> oh, I don't know. We, we heard you're leaving. I tell you all what, I'll make a deal with you. I'll make a deal with you. The only way i leave is if all y'all go with me. <clears throat> that's the only way that's going to work. Amen. And number two, it's not Atlanta. Say amen. (laughs) Steve, I'm telling you, if I had a notebook and wrote down the things that God has done for me in my life, because of that day that I said, Lord, I don't care, wherever, wherever, whatever you want me to do, I'm tired of running from you, I I would have not had the gall to write the stuff down that God has done for me. You got to believe that God's got a great plan and it's better than yours. Because it will help you make your decisions. Then, then number two, what do we do? How do we do this? And this is this is real quick. This is real easy. It's good stuff. It's good stuff when it comes to decision making. When it comes to making choices, who will or what career will I have? Uh, uh, what what friends do I have? Who will I marry? Here's the first key, and this is oh oh, oh, oh this is so important. First. You've got to practice patience. Wait. I know he's handsome. I know she's got big hair. I know, I know that she just rocks your world. But I'm telling you, wait. When you think it's time, it's time to wait. I just come up with it. That's pretty good, isn't it? Wait. Don't rush into nothing. you got the rest of your life. Preacher Brown was preaching in singles class one day, and he said, listen, everybody. He said, go everywhere you want to go. Do everything you want to do. Buy everything you want to buy. See everything you want to see. Then get married. Because if you don't, you ain't never going to do none of that stuff. Amen. Amen. Let me give you some advice too on this. This is not in the notes, but I'm going to just throw this in here. When you are going to marry somebody, this is the best advice I can give you. I've been marriage counseling for a long time. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it, but I've seen something with good marriages and bad marriages. You know what I've seen in the good marriages? They were friends. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We're looking for chemistry. We're looking for fireworks. We're looking for passions. But you know what? Sooner or later, you just want a friend. Yeah, right. And if you don't, if you don't become friends first, you're going to wake up one day sitting beside somebody wondering who they are. Right. Because neither one of you what you started with. But you know what the Bible says about friends? A friend loveth at all times. Amen. Yeah. Let me throw this in here too, while we're throwing. Have fun. Yeah. Amen. The best relationships I've ever seen were people that were goofy. Yeah. Just had fun. Always cutting up, always had to be. I'm talking about with each other. I know, I've seen a bunch of y'all cutting up with everybody else when you get beside your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing at everybody's jokes but your husband yeah. or your wife. Man, learn to have fun. Yeah. Doyle and Bleacher, they're not here, so let's talk about them. <clears throat> <laughs> they got a pretty great, great marriage. You should see them too. Ask any staff people in here. They're laughing all the time. Doyle's picking on her because she says stuff wrong? <laughs> or something funny and she'll pick on him because he does something goofy and, and I it, it's almost nauseating. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> they will literally get in a car, fill it up with gas, and drive till they have no more gas. Now I don't understand that. I was here three years or four years before they ever made it here and in three months they knew every road in Coleman and I still was getting lost. <laughs> Flea markets, yard sales, going everywhere. One day, a couple days ago, Doyle pulled in the yard in, in the yard, and he had about 12 deer stuffed taxidermist deer heads sticking out of the back of his truck. <laughs> I'm like, did you go to you know the North Pole and destroy Christmas for everybody? When I mean, what did you get all, what is all this? Oh, it just got you. Man, they have fun. And they're friends. Here's the thing you can't be real friends in a couple weeks. That's right. Amen. Oh, I just love him. You met him yesterday. Friendship takes time. Right. Now, how many married people we got in here? <clears throat> Will y'all help me with this? Am I preaching right now? Amen. Please, wait. Be patient. Wait on God. Wait on God. Any big decision, wait. If you're going to buy something, wait. No, no, no. You, you see, salesmen, they'll try. If you're a salesman here, no offense, but y'all, y'all, y'all slick. Y'all. They want you to make the decision right now. Say, I need to pray about it. I need to pray about it. Because there's so, there's so many things I, I bought. And when I bought it, I didn't really want it. After I bought it, I wanted it before I bought it. But when I bought it, I didn't want it. And if I would just gave myself a day, one day, I'd have never bought it. Are y'all with me? So patience. The key to making good decisions is patience. Number 2. Not only practice patience, but practice prayer. I put in parentheses beside this, more specifically, learn to hear from God. Amen. Learn to hear from God. And you do that two ways, through prayer and the scriptures. Through prayer and the scriptures. What does the scriptures, what does the scripture say about the decision I'm fixing to make? What does the scripture say about the choice I'm fixing to make? And let me give you an illustration. Let me give you an illustration. Let's say you're going to marry somebody. Let's say you're going to date somebody. Let's just start there. Dear God, let's not even get you to the altar yet. Let's, let's just say we're going, we're going to date somebody. And I, I think this. If, if they're not marryable, they're not dateable. <clears throat> right. If they're not marryable, they're not dateable. Why? Because you'll start dating somebody you probably wouldn't marry. But then you get them feelings attached. And now you're attached. And you can't break it off. And now you're stuck with them. For instance, what's the Bible say? The Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together. So what does the Bible say? If you're saved and they're not. I had a lady, I was going through Walmart. Walmart, I was off the clock in Walmart. And this lady come up to me, and she was just all beaming. Now, now I, I, I've, I've counseled this lady several other times, just, just had made several bad decisions in their life. And, and, and she came up to me, and Tammy was right there, and, uh, and, uh, and she was just, I found him! I found him! And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and she was all happy. And I said, I, I said where was he? And that can greatly determine where you found them. <clears throat> and I asked this one question. I said, is he saved? And her whole countenance just, Because she knew where I was going. She knows where I stand and she knows what I believe. Her whole countenance just, whew. Well, well, no, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Listen, guys. You will never pull somebody up a ladder. They'll always pull you down. And all I said, all I said, I didn't criticize the person. I didn't say anything. I said, ma'am, I don't think this is a good idea. And guess what? It wasn't. She's no longer even going to church. And they're no longer even together. But they split up. After he pulled her out of and away from God. So what does the scripture say about the decision you're going to make? What does the scripture say about the choice you're going to make? Okay. Pray. Pray. Ask God. God's here. He sent the comforter. He sent the Holy Spirit to help you. Are y'all with me? Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. The Bible says in in Colossians 1.9. For this call, since today, excuse me, no, 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 here it is. Colossians three fifteen. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Come on now, come on. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. What does that mean? Know when he's talking to you. Yeah. How many of y'all, I got to hurry, I got to hurry. How many of y'all right now, come on, stay with me, stay with me. Everybody with me, everybody with me. How many of y'all saved people in here? You were sick to make a decision and you felt it. And, and I'm going to raise my hand. How many did it anyway? All right. How many wish you hadn't? That's why he's there. That's why the Holy Spirit is there to help you with those choices, to help you with those decisions. Listen to him. Man, there's so many times I wish I had it. I wish I had it. Because it had been. And and guys, there's been times I did. And oh, oh, was I glad I did. Church, say amen. So, patience, prayer, then then thirdly we'll we'll pray. Pursue. Pursue. Preacher, what are you talking about? Get, get, Get advice. Get counsel. Look what the Bible says. Proverbs is the book of wisdom, smartest man ever to live. God gave him supernatural wisdom. This is what he said, Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. <clears throat> Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Wow. Where no counsel is, where you don't get advice, people fall. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. We all got plans, don't we? We all think there's something right or or something's a good idea. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. wise. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Get some good counsel. Get some good counsel. And I said good counsel. All counsel is not good counsel. How many of y'all know everybody's got counsel for your life? Everybody's got great ideas for my life. And they got great ideas for your life. In their mind, they're great. But they may not be great for you. Do you know how many people tried to tell me not to come to Coleman? And there was one. There was one that when I came to Coleman and I was discouraged and I wanted to leave Coleman... And I stood for 45 minutes, I told him everything that was wrong with this church and Coleman and blah, blah. blah. We just only had a handful of people then. And uh, he never said a word. He just listened and listened and listened and listened. And, and, and I said, I said uh, 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 Brother Craig, what do you think? He said, you're right where you need to be. <laughs> Did you not hear the last 30 minutes of what I said? <laughs> he said, you're right where you need to be. And then he helped me. What if I'd to listen to all them people that wanted me to get the easy way out? Listen, don't get financial advice from somebody's bankrupt. Unless they're telling you what not to do. Don't go to somebody who's been married seven times to get good advice. Stick with somebody who's been around a while. See, this is only common sense, but we don't do it. We listen to Bertha at the beauty parlor. Jose at the barbershop. Uh, uh. I'm sitting in the coon club, and this young man comes in. He's all excited. He's going to get married, and 25 older gentlemen are in there trying to tell him what to do. And the only reason they're there is they can't stay home with the crazy woman they had. <laughs> I said, "Son, don't listen to nothing they say." I'm sorry. All of them except Will. Will's the only one that's got a good one. I'm going to tell you that right now. He better keep Miss Shirley. Listen, get advice. I don't know nothing about a 350 Chevrolet, so I take it to somebody who does. If you're having marriage problems, go talk to somebody who's studied it and has learned something and can help Amen. you. Yes. Don't be too prideful for asking counsel. Yes. That's a smart thing to do. So pursue. Preacher, how do I make a good decision? First, practice. Come on, everybody. See, you done forgot already. Patience. All right. If we're going to make good choices, number one, we've got to practice patience. patience. Number two, we have to practice Prayer. learn to hear from God, right? Pray and read the scriptures. What does the Bible say about the decision I'm fixing to make? Prayer. And then number three, we need to practice pursuing knowledge, pursuing counsel. Get good counsel. Get good counsel. Say, how do I know if they're good counsel? Are they saved? Are they spiritual? Are they educated in the thing that I'm needing counsel for? You can have somebody saved and spiritual, but they may not have no idea about your problem. Do they have education and experience with the problem that I'm having? Are they saved? Are they spiritual? Do they have good advice for what I need? And all God's people say it. Listen, guys, we've got many choices in life. Let's choose wisely. Let's choose wisely. Church, say amen. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your touch.